are worlds between our own, and from these worlds there are written histories, both ancient and modern. To read of these testaments scrawled in hidden places and on other things, you must fix your eyes uncomfortably within you, and if successful, your gaze will unlock the door behind raw imagination and meet the manuscript of innumerable folios known as the Dark Darkness. Hello, I'm Sharkchild, and this is The Dark Verse, short stories of occult, metaphysical, and fantastical horror that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. As I mentioned in the last episode of The Dark Verse, I am going to be pumping out the episodes once again. I have another episode coming within the next couple weeks for this lovely month of August. I would be so appreciative if you would support this renewed vigor of the dark verse by becoming a patron of the podcast on Patreon. And you can do so by going to patreon.com slash the dark verse. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the dark verse. One of the things I forgot to mention among the whole plethora of things that I mentioned in the last episode is that the Spirit Collectors won a couple cool awards. It got the gold medal in the category Fantasy in the Independent Publisher Book Awards, and it also was the winner in the National Indie Excellence Awards for Fantasy. So those are the two biggest uh, victories that it could basically have in those uh, competitions. And for those of you that don't know, The Spirit Collectors is my first novel. It's a dark fantasy novel. Okay, uh, this is episode 93 of The Dark Verse, and it is entitled Little Angels. The pig brain swelled. Fluids popped and hissed from its folds and grooves. Dr. Mayoris slightly increased the temperature inside the incubator containing it. So are you still set on the placement of your angel? He asked me. His black and white houndstooth coat offset his ungainly face. Yes, behind my left eye, I said, pointing to it. I tried to convince him to get a nose angel and join the circus as a clown, but he has his plans, my mom said jokingly as she raised her eyebrows and smirked. Many of the world's finest artists have behind-the-eye angels. Is that what your plans are? The doctor asked me, pushing up the large lensed, horn-rimmed glasses on his nose with his right hand. A gnarly growth rippled and squirmed in the center of the back of the hand. No, I said, curtly. Well, it looks like your angel is about to hatch. As soon as it does, Dr. Sunan is going to induce your anesthesia, and then I'll get the two of you joined. Mrs. Quisistello, he said to my mom, have that camera ready to take some pictures. You'll have to leave the room once I begin the surgery. Here it comes! There was a large pop followed by suction sounds and a slithering, worm-like invertebrae about two and a half inches long emerged from the crumpling brain. 
Its long, eyeless crimson head swiveled this way and that, and a circular mouth opened and closed, stretching as it did, revealing dozens of tiny teeth and a needle-like skewer that shot forth when the mouth was open. There's your beauty, Dr. Mayoris said. My mom snapped a few pictures of the angel as it explored its new environment before she was verbally ushered out of the room by Dr. Mayoris. Mrs. Quisistello, if you would please, he said, gesturing with a hand towards the door. In the corner of my eye, I caught my mom's figure exit. I then watched as Dr. Sunan attached the appropriate bag to my IV. See you on the other side, kiddo, Dr. Sunan said, her voice a soft, charming sound. The angel begins as a genetically altered tapeworm larva, imbued with a sequence of its owner-to-be's DNA, that is placed into the brain of any live subject with a brain containing a neocortex. The larva remains in the live subject for many weeks before it reaches stage 2 of growth, at which point the brain must be removed from the subject and placed into a synthetic, carefully regulated environment. After several more weeks, the stage 2 larva approaches adulthood. With a 24-hour period of increased heat, the larva becomes a stage 3 adult and emerges from the brain, ready to be united with its host. Through his growth process, the angel develops a parasitic dependency on the human who relinquished his or her DNA to it. The angel can only live in a union with that specific person, dying otherwise. Each human may also only receive one angel. Attaching multiple angels ultimately results in death for the host and angels due to contaminants released into the bloodstream by the angels in opposition of each other. Based on the location of the angel's placement, it awards a unique, heightened ability. Limb angels grant increased strength and dexterity. Mouth and tongue angels grant adroit communication skills and a mastery of different languages. Ear angels grant exceptional hearing and advanced discernment. Hair angels grant evocative beauty and charm. There are many more places to affix an angel and a wide range of enhanced abilities as a result of those placements. I chose the eye. On the front of the eye, an angel grants telescopic sight during both the day and night. On the back of the eye, my chosen location, an angel grants incredible perception. An angel is cultivated and attached in the tenth year of life, or at the first sign of puberty if begun before that age. I floated in starless, black space, breathless. Nothingness was everything. I opened my right eye as I came to from the anesthesia. My left eye was wrapped up, but I could feel the blood pulsating through the angel that now resided there. You're all set, Dr. Mayoris said, walking up to my gurney parked in one of the several slots in the recovery room. On the way out, make sure your mom sets up an appointment for next week so I can make sure everything looks good and change the dressing. You'll be wrapped up for one more week after that, and then you'll be good to go to start those plans of yours. Life starts now. I'll see you soon. This calls for a celebration, my mom said as we sat down in the car. With flat hands palm facing upward, she pumped up and down a few times. She drove us to an ice cream parlor and I got two scoops, mint and chip, on top of double chocolate. 
on a sugar cone. It's going to feel a little strange at first, my mom told me. I know you already know that, but now that you actually have your angel, I feel like I need to tell you anyway. You're going to be eager too to take over the world with your new abilities, but it takes time, so remember to be patient. That's why there is school for this. Once an angel is affixed, a different schooling system is entered, one where the students are grouped based on the placement of their angels. Beyond general education, they learn together of the abilities endowed by their angels and how to fully harness them. Just remember, if you have any questions about anything, your dad and I are always there, my mom said. We got back in the car and headed home. All I wanted to do was rest. The surgery and drugs left me exhausted. I climbed into bed without changing my clothes and fell straight to sleep. Again I found myself in the dark empty. I reached out with an unsure hand and found that the darkness was not without physicality. At the end of my arm's length, my fingers hit a soft, fragile surface. With a small amount of pressure, my fingertips punched through the boundary. Once my hand had entered the unseen frontier, I pulled it back, leaving a hole by which to gaze through. On the other side of this aperture, I witnessed a future moment of my life on a path not yet chosen. It was possibility. I swam through the dark empty to a different location. Its fabric of fate brushed against my body like a parting of curtains. I reached out once more and punctured the barrier with my hand. The new opening again allowed me visibility of a different life not yet chosen. For what seemed like hours, I traversed the dark empty, peering into the many potentials of my life. I woke up to my dad coming home and having a conversation with my mom in the hallway. He's asleep right now, I heard my mom say. Okay, good, my dad said. It won't be much longer now. I'm so excited. Our family will finally be complete. I love you, darling. I love you, too. The soft sound of lips upon lips then barely reached my ears. My parents seemed happier about my angel than I did. I drifted back to sleep. Like flipping through the channels on the television until a desired program is reached, I scoured the dark empty for the life I wanted to live. But even with the remote in hand, the control over dozens of possibilities, there are times when nothing on the screen appeals. I looked into hundreds of different lives and there was not one that I would be content with. It were as if I was seeing all of the possibilities other than the ones based on my personality, likes, dislikes, ambitions, and dreams I would sincerely want to be part of. It were as if I was seeing someone live my life who was not me. I browsed through hundreds more of my potential lives and I did then understand what I was witnessing. These lives included my body, but they did not include me. In all these visions, I was dead, and someone else was living in my place. It was the angel. I abruptly woke up and sprang out of bed. I ran into the middle of the house. It was the late morning, and my dad was already gone. My mom was in the kitchen. Why? I panically asked her. She was taken back by the question. Why what? she asked. Why are you killing me? What do you mean? my mom said acting puzzled. 
I know what's happening, I said fearfully. My ability to let me see what's going to happen to me. My whole life has been a lie. My angel will kill me. My mom closed her eyes and sighed heavily. Let's go sit down for a second. No, tell me now. My mom rested a hand on my shoulder. I am your mother, but I am not your kind, she said. Your dad and I gave birth to you through these human bodies, but we are not human. Your angel is our true child, and it will take control of your body. I'm sorry. I do love you. You truly did get to choose where it resides within the human body and define its talent. It will also take on your memories. It's best if you just go to sleep. You won't feel anything. I don't want to die, Mom. I cried. I ran to the kitchen counter where the cutlery was and took one of the long, serrated carving knives. I then bolted into the bathroom and locked the door. What are you doing? My mom asked from the other side of the door. Get out of there. Everything will be fine. You just need to rest and go to sleep. I don't want to die, mom. I shouted. Come out of there. My mom screamed back. Why, mom? Why? I love you. I love you. I don't want to die. In a rush of adrenaline-filled fear, I removed the gauze wrapped around my head took the knife and cut around my left eye, severing the nerve endings before gouging it out. The angel flipped back and forth in agony beneath the tissue on the back of the eyeball. It fiercely chewed an opening with its sharp teeth and emerged. As soon as I saw its little head come forth, I threw the eyeball to the ground and stomped on it, crushing my eye and the angel like a bug. Blood continually poured from my gaping eye socket, and I fell into shock. That concludes episode 93 of The Dark Verse. You can always listen to and download all of the past episodes on SoundCloud or on iTunes. If you want to support The Dark Verse, you can go to patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash thedarkverse and become a patron and support the podcast on a monthly basis. Until next time. All stories on the dark verse are the sole property of Sharkchild and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without his written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love.